highest of heights to the depths of the sea. And so he goes and, and sees this man on the road dead. And notice in verse 28 that his corpse is thrown off by the road. The donkey is there. The lion is standing by the corpse. I mean, everything about this whole picture in your head just seems a little odd. Can you imagine just seeing the lion there? He's just sitting there, you know, and the corpse is over there and it's all bloody. You know, and the donkey's over there. The donkey's looking at the lion. The lion's going, why aren't I attacking these people? Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. Today's scripture says, And there men passed by and saw the corpse thrown on the road and the lion standing by the corpse. This demonstrates that this was no mere accident, but something unique from God. The lion didn't attack the donkey. The donkey stood by it, nor did he attack the men who passed by. This lion was on a special mission of judgment from God and seemed to be more obedient than the man of God from Judah was. As Bible students, we know that God is in control no matter what. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he concludes chapter 13 in the book of 1 Kings. That's, his, that's what he wants. It's what he desires. It's what he wants to do to us. So if you hear from the Lord, don't let anybody take you away from the word of God. So we went, verse 19, back with him, and he did exactly what he shouldn't be doing. And so why did he contradict his word? I believe God would have blessed the younger prophet if he had not listened to the older man, because in that culture you would naturally look up to an older man, especially a man of God. So I can't blame the young man for perhaps looking at the age disparity and thinking, you know, this man claims to be a man of God. I I believe him and and maybe reverenced him because he is his elder. Uh, But still, if God wanted to speak to the younger prophet, he could have spoken to him very easily. And I don't think God would have a problem when he has told you to do something, let, don't let anybody, don't let anybody, it doesn't matter who it is in Christendom, it doesn't matter if a famous preacher, a famous prophet, or whoever it may be, comes up to you and says, well, the Lord just told me. You know, and starts laying some trip on you, and then you're like, well, well, the Lord told me privately in my bedroom at midnight last night that I was to do this other thing. And the famous guy who's got the big pinky rings and everybody's adoring him says, yeah, but the Lord told me something different. And you're to write a check for $100,000 as a seed faith through our ministry. Right? <laughs> what are you going to believe? Are you going to believe God or are you going to believe the fancy man with the rings? It's interesting, if you look in 1 Corinthians 12, I'm just going to read the first uh, verses 4 through 11 to you. It speaks about spiritual gifts. 
says, there are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For one is given the, the word of wisdom. Didn't God give this man the word of wisdom? Or what about, to, uh, uh, through the same Spirit, to another, the word of knowledge? Did God give to this young man the word of knowledge? Through the same spirit, to another faith by the saint. Wasn't he operating in faith? To another gifts of healings. Didn't he heal the man? Didn't he heal Jeroboam? To another the working of miracles. Didn't he perform a miracle? To another prophecy. Wasn't he giving a prophecy that wouldn't come to pass? Uh, a chunk of it anyway, for another 290 years. Yes, he did. And to another discerning of spirits. And this is where it kind of broke down. Because it seems like God, through doing these things, he was operating by God using him in, in these ways. But when it came to this part now in, in verse 20, everything starts to fall apart. And see, we can't get lazy on the vine, can we? We can't get lazy. We need to continue to abide in Christ until our very last breath. But look at what happened in verse 20. And now it happened as they sat at the table that the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back and he cried out. And isn't this the pot calling the kettle black? Here is the man who deceived the young man. And now God is using the old man to bring conviction and sentencing judgment on the younger man. It doesn't even seem fair. It doesn't even seem fair. But again, To whom much is given, much is required. God gave the young man the message. He didn't give it to the older prophet. He would have used the older prophet if if that's what he wanted to do. But he didn't choose the man. He chose the young man. And he gave him a specific purpose. And so God's judgment was harsh on on the man who knew better. And seemingly let the other guy off the hook. To whom much is given, much is required. And so, you you remember what he said, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord, the Lord is speaking through this man, and you've not kept the commandment which the Lord your God commanded you. And then he basically says, your corpse will uh, not come to the tomb of your fathers. And and so, uh, that's exactly what happened. And, and, And notice that God is even using this guy. And again, what grace. You know, what is a, it's just a gracious thing that, the God do, that God does here. But notice the, the compromise that we see in this older man. The compromise. And it reminded me, again, uh, just, you know, when you have somebody older than you in the Lord, you know, it's good to respect them. It's good to look up to them. And there's a lot of, the impetus is really on the older, especially to make sure that they are walking in a way that's going to encourage the younger and, and, and not to allow them and not live a life and do things that would cause that younger one to stumble. 
You know, and, and that's one of the messages we can get out of this, you know, and, and, and it's, it, we have to be really careful, especially the younger. You know, if you're a younger person and you're looking up to somebody who is your elder, especially in the Lord, be very careful because sometimes, you know, people who've been around and they have a name or whatever, it doesn't mean that they can't fall into sin. And so we have to be really careful. And be careful you don't just look up to people. Make sure that you're where your altar really lies and who's, at whose altar you're, you're resting. Make sure it's at the, at the feet of Christ and not at the altar of some famous teacher or famous person because when, when you get to that level, there's a lot of people doing things for you and a lot of people willing to do things for you and it gets all twisted and weird. It can. It doesn't always, but it can. We need to always keep the Lord front and center and not a man. Once we get our eyes fixed on this, hor- on this horizontal, we'll forget the vertical and everything is going to go south. And we'll find ourselves in many hurtful things. To whom much is given, much is required. Verse 23, and so it was. After he had eaten the bread and he had drunk, that he saddled the donkey for him. And when he was gone, notice the lion met him and killed him. And like it says in James 3.1, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. This young prophet received a stricter judgment because he was told specifically, and he didn't obey. See, obedience is key to our Christian walk. Obedience to the revealed will of God. Are you obedient to the revealed will of God? Are you doing what the Lord says? You know, there's a lot in the Bible that's very clear. We don't have to, you know, I'm not worried about the things that I don't quite understand yet. There's plenty of things that I do understand that I do understand and I need to abide by. And are you abiding by that or are you allowing your life to get kind of in compromise like that older prophet? It's easy to do. And especially in America, it's so easy for us to do that because we've got everything. Everything has been provided for us. We have such a great heritage. A truly wonderful, great, and awesome experiment has been done in America. And we're the beneficiaries of it. And with that comes responsibility. And there's where most of us, many people in America, could be doing a lot better. And I'll say for myself, that's true of me as well. And so verse 25. And there men passed and they saw the lion and, and, and there by the corpse. And notice that the lion wasn't eating the corpse. And then the prophet who had come back says, It is the man of God who was disobedient to the word of the Lord. Therefore the Lord has delivered him to the lion. And, and so he goes and, and sees this man on the road dead. And notice in verse 28 that his corpse is thrown off by the road. The donkey is there. The lion is standing by the corpse. I mean, everything about this whole picture in your head just seems a little odd. Can you imagine just seeing the lion there? He's just sitting there. You know, and the corpse is over there, and it's all bloody, you know, and the donkey's over there. The donkey's looking at the lion. The lion's going, why aren't I attacking these people? Why aren't I going after him, and why aren't I finishing the job over here? But the Lord restrained him, evidently, and he's just sitting there probably going, boy, this is really embarrassing. I'm a lion. I'm a king of the jungle. I should be having lunch right about now, and this is really odd, but I just I don't have it in me. I just can't do it. And God, all the while, is going, ah, 
I control everything, even the mouths of the lions. Daniel knew all about that, didn't he? Thrown into a den of hungry lions, and they were just sitting there with their mouths shut. And they didn't lay a finger on him. They didn't lay a tooth on him. You know what? I would love to have been Daniel, especially after I knew that the lions weren't going to eat me. But there's a split moment. Can you imagine the exhilaration, the, the, Lord, if you don't do this, I'm toast. That moment is the most glorious moment in any Christian's life. One of the glor- most glorious moments when you know that if, if God, if you don't show up, I'm done. And I think about that. And I think about the faith that that did. What that did in Daniel's heart as he sat there for every moment and he's seeing the lions pacing right in front of him. And they're probably thinking to themselves too. The lions are looking at one another and going, what is going on here? <laughs> and God restrained their mouths. And they're like, man, I don't understand this. We should be, we would have had him digested by now. But God. But God. And he laid the corpse, notice this old prophet, he lays him in his own tomb and he says, Alas, my brother, and so it was that after he had buried him that he spoke to his son saying, When I'm dead, bury me with this man. And that's exactly what happened. And so for the saying which uh, he cried out by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel and against all the shrines and the high places which are in the cities of Samaria, it surely will come to pass. And notice the faith of this man. And I almost wonder if this whole event was one of those things that was just spurring him on and making him feel like, you know, God, you, you really are amazing. I've seen and heard some really awesome and amazing, wonderful things today. I've seen you do some miracles. What he spoke to Jeroboam and the, and the altar, you know, you know cracking in, in the middle and the ashes being poured out and the prophecy that was said and, and Lord, why isn't the lion eating this young man? And, and I think that old prophet was thinking to himself, you know, that was, that could have been me. And I deserve that. The old prophet looking at this dead man who was faithful. Up to that point he was faithful. Now that, that man is in glory. I, I have no doubt. But that man looking at him going, you know what, that, that, that should be me because I'm the unfaithful one here. I'm the one who deceived this young man. And you know, God wasn't finished with this old man yet either. Giving him an opportunity in the, in the golden years to really think about where he's at with God. I wonder what his life was like after this. Having that resonate in his mind that I should be the one that was eaten by the lion. And yet there was one who seems to have substituted my death. In this, we almost see the gospel, don't we? <laughs> Uh, I mean, to, to some extent, okay? But the man of God was not innocent in that regard because he did disobey the Lord. And this thing, verse 34, was the sin of the house of Jeroboam so as to exterminate and destroy it from the face of the earth. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? To consider... And again, it reminds me of of that verse that we looked at tonight uh, in Luke's Gospel. Luke chapter 12. For everyone to whom much is given... 
from him much will be required, and to whom much has been committed of him they will ask the more. What has God given to you? What has God asked of you? We be faithful to that. In the minutiae of it, I long. I want to be faithful to the Lord. And I, I believe all of us in this room, you wouldn't be here, chances are, unless you wanted to be faithful to the Lord. But he's given us much, hasn't he? I know he's given me much. He's filled my hands and my heart and my mind more than I could possibly imagine. And it's such a privilege, isn't it, to serve Christ? And especially today, folks, especially today, it is the greatest moment in history for the church. I believe that. If not the greatest moment, one of the greatest, one of the greatest moments in history, we're in it right now. And we've been given much. And I want to encourage you to really think about that verse and and let the Lord examine our hearts about it. Lord, you've given me much. What am I doing with it? Am I content just sitting in my chair and reading my Bible? And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I'd encourage you to do that often. But if that's where we're at, and that's, we, never go, we never go anywhere from that place, there's a problem. Because God wants to instill within us. He wants to birth within us. He wants to instill in us this message, this grace, this love, this compassion, which are all fruits of the Spirit, by the way. He wants to give us all of those things so that we can be his ambassador and we can go out and have those on display like a Christmas tree. You know, Jesus said, you know, um, I am the branch or I am the, I am the, um, I am the vine and you are the branches. Well, what's happening on those branches? Is there things, and that's really our witness, the branches of the tree, which we are, is our life a demonstration of such love and compassion and grace that others are looking at it going, you know what, I don't agree with their worldview, but there's something about these people. And I've got to be honest with you, that convicts me so badly right now. Because I've been very frustrated and angry with things that have been going on. You can ask my wife. I'm just going to be honest. I got ways to go, but the Lord is knocking and He's working, and I'm, I want Him to because I can't stay in this place. I know I can't. And you know, at, at the very least, if I've got to get my anger and my frustration out, do it at the prayer closet, do it at your the side of your bed, wherever it is that you pray. Get it out there before the Lord. He can take it. He's got really broad shoulders. But I pray, and I'm trying so hard to say, Lord, help me when I leave this place that I'm not walking around all angry and bitter. Because I have. But it's got to stop. It's got to stop right here in my heart. And if you can relate to that, then let's do something about it. I need to do something about it. I don't want to continue going on like this. And it's a really tough time. And can I just say one other thing while we're finishing up here is be gracious with one another. Be gracious during this period. 
I've said this before, but we've never been in a place like this ever in the history of our country. If we have, it's been at the very beginning. It's never been like this, folks. Do you understand that? And how we respond, and, and, and all of us are responding in our own ways, and we're struggling with this. People are losing their minds. Thank God we have Christ, because if it were not for him governing my soul and my mind and my heart, I'm afraid of what I could have become. Seriously. And we've never been here before, so we're all trying to figure this out. Be gracious with one another. Pray for one another. We need to pray for each other unlike ever before. And these are just the the things that are happening on in the world. You know, what about the other things? Just in your own personal life, the, you know, the cancer scares, the, the, you know, this test came back positive, this came back negative, and, and, and my kids are going astray, and my marriage is in shambles, and I'm about to lose my job, and I don't have anything in my 401k, I don't even know how, where the money's going to come from. And, you know, and you've got all these worries to worry about. And then on top of all of that, you've got all the stuff that's going on right now in the world. And we're all responding differently to it. And thank God we have at the root, at our anchor, is Christ. Without him, where would we be? I'm afraid where I would be, honestly. Thank God for Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit. Amen? So be encouraged. And let's love one another. Let's be gracious with one another. Let's take out our frustrations at the, at the throne of God. That the world around us can see the way God, would I think, would have us to be. Loving and caring. Still willing to share the gospel. Willing. Are you willing? Willing to share. We've got to change. We can't expect the world to change, but folks, we, the church in America, we need to change. I need to change. I want him to change me. Will you let him change you too? (laughs) Let's let him do it together, shall we? Seriously. Let's stand. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, your word is Amazing. Lord, you have given us much. And Lord, you gave this young prophet much. Lord, we don't want to fail you. We don't want to we don't want to do anything that would quench your spirit. Lord, I pray that we would walk in the grace and in the love that you've shown us. Lord, you, you've been so gracious to us, Lord. I, I confess the many mistakes that I have made, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this room. And yet, God, you still love us, and you still want to use us. Will you set us back on the narrow path again and help us to walk in truth, to walk in purity, to walk in holiness, Lord, that the world could see the light that we have and that they would be convicted of the love that we have for them. Lord, and the love that you have for them. Oh, Jesus, please fall upon us. Minister to us, Lord. We need you, Holy Spirit, to come and light a fire in our hearts again. Would you please do it, Lord? We love you and we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 1 Kings. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office you can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.